Good morning, First Marathon Podcast listeners. This is your host, Gregory Rutchick. Big applause. You can always reach out to me at G-A-R-U-T-C-H on all those fun platforms or ask me a question by sending me a text, 650-224-2621. Today's Monday, day before Halloween, always was one of my favorite events, holidays, something that everybody seems to share in their own way, their own personality comes out. I don't know what your favorite candy was, but I decided mine was small Tootsie Roll. I remember vividly when we had the small brown Tootsie Roll as the only choice, Uh, and had the minis, of course, and then Tootsie Roll came out with those different flavored ones, which was weird. I remember a, a white one. Did I remember a white one? Maybe it was vanilla? I don't know. Strange. And again... Whatever, they get to do whatever they want. It's their candy company. So, you know, the New York Marathon is coming up. Thought I would start where we are. And uh, some people uh, who are actually listening to this podcast may actually be training for that incredible race. You know, one of the things that just happened, though, was my water bottle fell off my belt. And, you know, for those of you who do aspire, as opposed to actually train for something that takes you longer than an hour to do, you're going to want to carry water, I think. Basically because it helps you recover faster. And a lot of people complain that it's a real buzz hassle. I remember when I was searching for bottles. First of all, it's expensive. But finding the right bottle for your hand and carrying it is not a straight line. I um, started and I think liked the hand or wrist holder. And unfortunately, I'm not carrying that now. I have a water belt that I think I paid like $45 to Nathan for. And the Nathan bottle isn't big enough. So I have a Camelback bottle. The Camelback bottle stretched the top of the water holder of the waistband. And that's not good because it just fell out. So... Try to experiment not spending too much money with the hand holder. You know, these are essentially like a cozy. They hold the bottle. Some of the bottles are not cones. I'm preferring a cone because it holds more water. Some are kind of almost like 
flatter than anything bottles. Um, I don't like the tiny bottles. They're to be inadequate. You see women run with four or five of these tiny, they're almost like five ounce bottles. And I say to myself, huh, it's 20 ounces split into four, five, I think it's four. Um, so I think experimenting is part of the fun thing. Um, I happen to have quite a few, uh, just like I have cords in my drawers that broke or are no longer the cord of choice. I don't know why I keep them, but I have the same issue with these water holders. And, um, I think the issue that you're confronting is whether you need it or not. That's up to you. I'm not going to tell you you do. As I just take a gulp of water. You know, I am a 56-year-old guy who knows the damage of dehydration. As well, and I mean damage, I mean, you know, whether it caused my stroke or not, I don't know, but certainly didn't help. And with regards to performance, you know, the muscles in the body seem to, for, to me, to do better hydrated than dehydrated. You know, that said, experiment with that. See how you feel. Then, of course, we get to the next piece, which is running with nutrition. So today is not a running with nutrition day for me. Um, beautiful chives I'm passing, purple. Today is a running with water. Why is that? It's going to be an hour and a half of a run. I certainly could benefit by having some electrolytes, salt. And in fact, that was a big part of my first learning curve that I bought N-U-U-N, noon. And I apologize if this is repeated, but you know, good advice is good advice. It's not that there's so much new good advice. It's, you know, like good music, same notes, different song. So, Nutrition and electrolytes are certainly in the same category. Um, we're not nutrating, as I call it, so we feel full. We're not hungry. We're having a meal. We're feeding our muscles in our brain. And our muscles in our brain are what keeps us or returns us to stasis, to equanimity. Especially during a time of adversity. And I can guarantee you, you will experience adversity as a runner. Could be soon, you know, in the three mile range, it could be in the ten mile range, it could be a mile, whatever. And you could also experience emotional adversity, which I'm training with right now. I'm wearing a an emotional adversity weight belt. It's a joke. 
running past something that smells like orange. Uh, so emotional adversity is also part of the human experience. We all carry it differently. Some of us better than others. Uh, someone said to me today that successful business people and successful ultra runners manage their emotion. So that doesn't mean they're not emotional. They manage it. So it's just like managing your energy. Managing your energy requires practice. You need to run when you're emotional so that you can parse out your emotion. Uh, just like you parse out your energy, your calories. Not really, though. Your body expends calories at some rate, which is probably closer to flat once you hit your running pace or your endurance pace. And then it might, depending upon what you have in you, change. I really haven't studied the energy curve, but I tend to take in a certain number of calories for a marathon. I've talked to you about burning 300, taking in two to 300 for a marathon per hour. But emotions, I'm not sure how to manage. Uh, and I'm not sure that I have any intelligence there to add. It's not yet. But I do believe that um, emotions are energy. We are mostly matter, you know, from a physics perspective. And as a result, matter moves through us, it's generated, generates energy, and well, force equals mass times acceleration. So does that mean that mass, my mass, in motion has a certain amount of force? It's possible. I think there's other there are other calculations that might help us. I think that we we don't have to be a physics or a calculus major to understand what this ultra runner is saying, Candace Burt race director of Destination Trails, creator of three of the longest races, the Tahoe 200, the Bigfoot 200, and the Moab 240. Those three races happen spring, summer, and fall. Just ended with Moab 240 and are considered the toughest triple, triple crown. Some people actually try and run all three. I mean, there's only like a month in between that might think so anyway back to managing emotion so here's what I do know I do know that we have to know ourselves uh, I am completely willing to feel and my body you know shows up with emotions every day you know, whether it's sadness, uh, joy, happiness, awe, 
And here I am standing in the beautiful outdoors, feeling air on my skin and air going into my lungs. And just in awe of the fact that somehow I'm talking to you. And so you may not be like that. You may not want to talk about this topic. That's fine. But I will... I will say for myself that my emotional awareness helps me run, helps my running. Because as I get to this hill, for example, I might ask myself, can I run faster? My response may depend on my emotional state. The shittier I feel, the more positive my answer is. So, I'm saying to myself, I'm coaching myself up this hill a little faster, maybe, than I would normally do it. Because I'm saying to myself, you know what, boy? We're going to put some in the bank. We're going to push you up this hill because it isn't that long. You're going to get up to the hill. You're going to run down the hill. You're going to be grateful. We spent that energy. Well, I think that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this little different perspective. First marathon at G A R U T C H. Push yourself up the hill. Manage your nutrition, your hydration. Think about your emotional energy as a force. Push you. I hear the quote, I am a tree stronger than the storm around me. I'm building deep roots. I may lose branches and leaves. People might even see. Teach me. This is Gregory Rutchick at First Marathon Podcast. You can reach me at G-A-R-U-T-C-H or... Send me a text, 310-570-2399. Tell me about your running goals, your life goals, how running has helped you, what prevents you from running, what prevents you from running a marathon. So just a couple quick things. It's not going to be a long one because I'm in the middle of my eight-mile run and First thing, water. Experiment running with and without. That's all I can say. I'm going to tell you that everybody's different. There's no right way. Experiment with how you hold your water. Do you get a kind of a hand holder or a waistband? problem with the waistband I'm now experiencing is the bottle that I have is larger than the waistband is built for. The bottle is now falling out pretty consistently so experiment don't spend too much some of these waistbands are expensive and it's uh, frustrating when they don't work out drawers $40 purchases second thing and again I've said this before I don't have new good advice I'm repeating old good advice because it still works nutrition 
I think there are two buckets. Uh, there's the electrolyte. Try it. Try noon and UN. Your body's going to lose salt and you're going to feel better. Replenish. The second is calories. And you're going to have to train with these different experiences and see, number one, how do I, well, how do I run with it is certainly important. Certainly, you want to not be too thrown off by having to eat, drink, whatever you're doing. Most of the nutrition is, could be in the water, for example. But the other issue is, is how do you feel afterwards? How do you recover? How quickly are you back? How does your body feel? How's your energy level? Uh, so that's, you know, and just set up a grid for yourself in your mind. So as you go through these different things. The last thing I'm going to talk about, maybe the most important is, you know, this morning, Candace Burt on Instagram, run Candace. She's the race director of Tahoe 200, Bigfoot 200, and Moab 240, the three longest ultras, I think, says that successful business people and runners manage their emotions. And my initial reaction was, oh gosh, you know, how do I manage my emotions? And what does that mean to manage? I mean, with energy, with calories, I'm burning calories, two, three hundred calories an hour. So, managing calories, I could put calories in. Emotion is definitely energy. But I think of it. And it drains me when I have big emotional days. As currently, I do. Uh, and the metaphor I, I have for myself is I'm thinking about myself as a tree. 56 built some deep roots. You're going to lose some of those roots. I mean, parents unfortunately die. Mine are still alive. We're going to lose people we love, people we depend on in our lives. They don't have to die, of course, for us to lose them. So kind of need to have as many connections to the soil, to the earth, and that, in one way, could be friendships and connections with human beings, which requires quite a bit of vulnerability. You know, it's, is that managing an emotion to be vulnerable? I would argue it is. And paying attention, obviously, as you do that, with whom you do that with, are they someone who is comfortable with your root, so to speak, coming down into their soil and their root coming into yours. Some are not. So don't try to force, don't try to force your emotional roots into places that just aren't suitable. It's not going to work for you or for them. So managing emotion is choosing vulnerability choosing who you're vulnerable with, and how you respond to your own vulnerability with yourself. I mean, yesterday I caught myself apologizing and 
my wise guru asked me who I was apologizing to. Am I apologizing to myself? Am I apologizing to my young self? And I said, geez, maybe I'm saying to myself, boy, you didn't really take care of that little boy inside you, did you? And then you say to yourself, well, what does that even mean? Boy inside me? I'm 56. How am I supposed to take care of the boy version of me at 6, 5, 15? I don't know the answer to that. Maybe that's managing emotion. Maybe it's asking those questions. What would my six-year-old self need from me if I were an older version, older friend? Maybe you would need permission to play by myself. Permission to go off into the woods without my brother because he wanted to do something else or whatever I wanted to do and not not worry so much about, I don't know, feeling guilty. I mean, I remember that time, and I've not shared this on this podcast before, but I might as well. I was looking in the window, probably around holiday time, when I was very young, somewhere in Northampton, Mass. On the way back from skiing, we often stopped for a snack. And I think I saw a toy store with a window filled with trains. And I was mesmerized. I was transported to a new place. Fantasy, I don't know. I looked up, though. My family was gone. They're gone. They were not to be seen. I was so pissed at them that they were not with me, watching for me, or even joining me. I think that's what I was really the most angry about. They've never been able to join me on my journeys. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you people that tell me you love me and don't join me on my cool imaginary journeys? And of course, the older version of myself is like, it's not the way it works. People can't be inside your head. So... Managing emotion as a runner. What does that mean? Well, the first time I recorded this, before I lost it, what it meant was as I'm coming towards a hill, I might talk to myself. Is this a, do, can you have more energy? Can you run a little harder? A little stronger? And the answer is maybe in response to my emotional self. Fuck yeah. Especially if I'm feeling a little down. I'm going to push myself. Um, I'm also going to stop apologizing to myself or to others for being emotional. I mean, here I was in a marriage for 20-something years, 22 years, and I had such difficulty communicating anger. And now when I communicate anger... I'm told by everyone to keep it to myself. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Fuck that. I don't want to keep it to myself. But, uh, certainly is about managing emotion as a runner and as a human being. And 
maybe what Candace Bird is saying is same thing we talk about ego. Manage doesn't mean push down, shut off. It doesn't mean that meditation means shutting off your thoughts. I don't know who taught that lesson, but it's wrong. It's not the lesson they're teaching. The goal is not to shut off your thoughts or your emotion or your ego. It's to be aware of all of it so that as a painter, you get to choose. This is my canvas. How do I want the paint? And do I want to paint over it? Look, if I choose the wrong color, I get to paint over it. I think that's one of the key takeaways. I get to paint over it. It's my painting. This is the takeaway. Maybe the takeaway of takeaways. That when you pick a goal to run, there are going to be all kinds of questions. Just like there are in life. What's your pace? What's your goal? What's your A race? Those are just small talk questions people are asking to just trying to connect. You then get to say what your story is. Maybe you say, maybe answer their questions because that is your story. Maybe your answer is something completely different. And that's okay. You know, your story is what feeds your vision. Your story is what drives you and encourages you. And you obviously have to make sense of your story so that you can encourage yourself and prod yourself and care for yourself when you hit storms. But your story shouldn't be a reactive story that's built around other people's questions. It just doesn't have to be that. So, thank you for listening. Run with your eyes open. Feel everything. Smell the roses if that's the kind of person you are. Run super fast if that's the kind of person you are. This is your life. And this is your first marathon. And guess what? If you can tell yourself how you want to feel after you run it, there's a much better chance you're going to end up that way. If you don't choose how you want to come out of the run, but you're hoping for the end of it, people say, just finish. The fuck does that mean? Just finish. You want to just finish? Meaning you want to just like fall over the finish line? That's as far as you've thought? How about 10 minutes after the just finish? You want to be smiling? Happy? Proud of yourself? What do you see yourself as? And look, I have failed with this exercise profoundly. That's why I'm repeating it. Because with every day, we get to choose. Say to ourselves, when I put my head on the bed tonight, I'm going to feel strong, confident, and proud. And I may not feel every single one of them. There's no question. I can't control that. That's where I'm headed. That's the road I'm taking. Have a great day.